Washington football's 2022 over-under win total, according to the markets, is set at 7.5. I'm taking the under. Let's go. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pac-12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster. Thanks for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. If you're watching on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Conference of Champions. Like, comment, subscribe wherever you're listening to or watching the show. Thank you to everybody out there who has done so already. This episode brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I think Washington football's over under is way too high. I I think it's I think it's way too high. The Huskies were four and eight in twenty twenty one. Now they have a new head coach. Let's assume he's better. Let let's assume he's better, and we're gonna go game by game, just like we have been doing. And for those of you who haven't seen any of the other ones, I'm recording this well ahead of time because I'm on vacation right now. Not going to have access to good enough internet connection to do shows, but obviously want to keep giving you guys content, get you ready for the season, which is right around the corner. I'm already excited. As you're listening to this, it's even closer. Oh my gosh, what a glorious time. I love college football, if you couldn't tell. Let's say Kalen DeBoer is a better game day coach than what Washington had last year. I think that's a safe assumption. He beat UCLA last year, very nearly beat Oregon, had a 10-win season. Yeah, like I, I think we can say that that's the case. Washington, as a football roster, has lost two NFL-caliber defensive backs in Trent McDuffie and, and Gordon, the other one. I think Kyler, Tyler, sorry, I don't want to mess that up. But they were taken in the first and second round. So those are pretty significant losses there. And you bring in Michael Penix, who has an injury history, unfortunately. And the quarterback situation, not totally figured out. It's probably going to be Penix because DeBoer wants to show he can win some games. But if you have a roster that's missing two NFL players from a season ago for a team that is definitely more defensively oriented than offense. And you have a new head coach. Let's say he's better, which I think he is. You tell me he's going to turn it around and double the win total? I just, I don't see that. And let's get into why that's the case. They start on September 3rd with Kent State, which, fun fact, first all-time meeting between Kent State and the University of Washington. That'll be in Seattle. One thing DeBoer does have going for him on this schedule, the first four games he plays, or that Washington plays and he coaches, are at home. You start with your first four games at home, gives you a better chance of settling in. Another thing that he's got going for him, and I'm definitely not about to talk myself into saying Washington will go over seven and a half wins, but another thing he's got going for him is that their big non-conference game is against Michigan State on September 17th, but they've got two kind of tune-up games before they play Michigan State to work out the kinks a little bit, get some chemistry brewing. Maybe figure out, you know, this guy is actually going to be a starter, not uh, a rotation player, right? You can kind of sort all of that out. And so September 3rd, they open with Kent State at home. They're a 22-point favorite. 
Kent State plays, for those of you who don't know, in the Mid-American Conference, which is pretty darn weak. It's it's not strong, and Kent State is not what you would call a powerhouse within that mid-major conference. And so, I think that's a win, and Kalen DeBoer will start 1-0 as Washington football's head coach. Then the next week, they play Portland State, another Big Sky opponent. After last year's horrific loss to Montana at home, I think every Husky fan is looking at the schedule and saying, please, for the love of God, don't lose that game. <laughs> they won't. Uh, Montana is a very good FCS school. They they get to the playoffs just about every year and and compete for and uh, from time to time win conference championships in the Big Sky, which is a very potent FCS football conference. They sent eight teams to the uh, the playoff last year. Portland State at their best is a mid-tier team in the Big Sky, but at their worst is a low-end team. That, that's not going to be an FCS upset. Washington should be fine there. I think they'll start 2-0. So that's the upside. Is they get to have those games to, to get some momentum, get things rolling, and, and get to a place where they can feel confident going into Michigan State. The flip side of the coin, however, is that Michigan State also has two tune-ups prior to this game with Washington. They play Western Michigan, and then they play Akron as well. And I'm sure Washington fans will have some high hopes going into this game. I think it'll be Michigan State pretty comfortably because they're a better football team right now. That's not what you'd call a hot take. You don't have to do a whole lot of digging to realize that Michigan State is in a better state as a program right now than Washington is. And even if the Huskies are better, you are not going to make up enough ground to be able to beat Michigan State in that game. I just don't see it happening. That was an 11-win football program last year. They got trounced by Ohio State, but they beat Michigan, who went to the college football playoff, and they had a bunch of other good wins. They won their bowl game as well. Like That's a New Year's Six Bowl champion team. So I, I don't see Washington making that big of a turnaround or pulling off that upset. And I, I'm sure you know Husky fans will see 2-0. and you know, people who don't follow it as closely will say, hey, we're 2-0, we're playing Michigan State. And they probably will be. It would be a massive opportunity because you win those two games. And then if Washington is able to prove me wildly wrong here and upset the Spartans at home, you'd probably be in the top 25 because you'd be 3-0 and with a top 10, 15 caliber win right there against the Spartans. I don't see it happening, but it's a big opportunity, no doubt about it, assuming they take care of business business against Kent State and Portland State, which I think they will. Um, but I, I really think the Spartans will be able to win that game pretty comfortably because I think Washington is uh, going to be kind of similar to, to what they were last year record-wise. I think they're better schematically, but their roster is not, not quite as good on the defensive side, losing those two DBs. That's that's a lot. That that's a lot to replace, even for a school that has been appropriately branded as DBU, because they've been churning out NFL defensive backs like it's nobody's business. They're they are littered all over the NFL. I, I think that's uh, that, that's a lot to overcome there. So I foresee a two and one start, which will look good to a lot of fans. Be like, oh well, they lost to a good Michigan State team. And they've got two wins. It's not going to say a ton about where they are. But it is still going to be a winning record, I think, going into conference play, and that's not nothing. They open conference play the following week on September 24th against Stanford. Another home game. Again, four straight home games to start the year. That's pretty rare. In the same sense, for those of you that uh, watched and or listened to my uh, 
my, my schedule breakdown here of UCLA. It's unconventional for the Bruins to have just four road games all year. It's pretty unconventional to start with four straight home games for, for any team. Now, a year ago, Washington won this game 20-13 to in Palo Alto. That Stanford offense was pretty bad. I expect them to be better. This game is in Seattle. But I think Stanford gets revenge here. I think what you're looking at here is change versus stability. Stability. Turnover versus continuity. Washington, you're going to be incorporating a new quarterback. I know you'll have had three games and such, but new quarterback, whoever it is, I just cannot imagine it would be Dylan Morris. But even if it were somehow, you know, maybe because of uh, an injury or something, I don't know, but I can't see how Dylan Morris is starting that game. So it'll be Penix or Heward, one of the lefties, but you'll have a new head coach, new team on a roster that I think is a year or two away from being ready to compete and win at a high level, even in uh, the Pac-12, which is not especially strong at this point in time. I think Stanford, who was 3-9 and nine a season ago, Washington was 4-8, and eight, so they were just a game apart. And obviously, if Stanford had been able to, to win this game at home last year, they would have had the better record than Washington, but they managed just 13 points against a stingy Husky defense, which still should be solid, but certainly won't be what it was a year ago. I think Stanford is going to be a better team than Washington this year, and I think they're going to win this game. All these odds, by the way, of course, brought to you by BetOnline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, Go Mariners, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even my personal favorite, golf. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action. BetOnline where the game starts. I just like Stanford more there. And I'm not saying that I I don't think Kalen DeBoer can have success. I think his early recruiting returns are very, very encouraging. He's got Washington, as I record this, in the top 25 nationally. That's where they need to be. But I think you need a year or two of that to build up the roster a little bit. And Stanford is still recruited solidly. And I I just don't see them staying all the way down as a bottom dweller the way they have been in the last two full seasons in the Pac-12, the way that it's been in 2021 and uh, 2019 as well. They were strong in the COVID year, but I don't really take anything uh, away from that much. So I think Washington comes out of these these four straight home games two and two, and they win the first two against inferior opponents. And then. Uh, Michigan State, a superior opponent. Stanford is comparable, but I think the Cardinal uh, will get that done. The next week they go at UCLA. The Bruins have a more experienced, uh, a deeper, more talented team. DTR is starting for his fifth year in uh, college football. And uh, by the way, this is a Husky defense that last year held UCLA to just 24 points, which was pretty darn good. I don't foresee that happening again because you're not going to have the home crowd behind you if you're Washington. And so I, I think they, that UCLA is uh, going to be able to just uh, show that they're the more explosive offense, which th- they will be, and they are. You've got DTR, Zach Charbonnet, Michael Aziki, the tight end, Kaz Allen, the wide receiver, Jake Bobo, the transfer from Duke at, at wideout, projects to be probably DTR's number one receiver target. Maybe it'll be Kaz Allen, but uh, both project to have really solid seasons. And I, I think UCLA is just uh, the better team here. And if you watch my breakdown of the Bruins schedule, you know I, I think the Bruins will put up a lot of wins. 
Doesn't mean they'll be a true 10-win caliber team, but they, I think, are going to actually get to 10 wins this year, and they'll win that one down at the Rose Bowl. Not a great home field advantage, so it's not the the toughest place to go to if you're Washington, uh, since students have to bus to the Rose Bowl, and it's like 45 minutes away. It's not a... Uh, UCLA is a great basketball job as, as a coach. It's not the best football job in the world for that reason. But uh, I, I don't think Washington has the horses to to keep up with UCLA in this game. So I'll take the Bruins and uh, that'll drop Washington two and three. The next week they go on the road and they go at Arizona State. And the interesting thing about this matchup is both teams are kind of similar. Both, I think, are going to be worse than they were last year from a roster standpoint. ASU, much more so than Washington. But again, you you can't lose two NFL caliber DBs in one year and and just be able to replace them on the defensive side of the ball in a sport that is very heavily dominated by a passing game. That's going to be a significant loss for for Kalen DeBoer and the Huskies defensively there. But both of these schools are similar in that they're going to be a step down roster-wise from a season ago, but they're also just way below what their ceiling should be, right? I mean, we've seen Washington at its peak get to the college football playoff. We've seen Arizona State be a 9-10 win caliber team. They haven't shown it consistently, but I think as a program, I mean, Todd Graham had back-to-back 10 win seasons there. Uh, So I, I think that's something that that can definitely be improved upon for both of these schools if they can start to turn around. Washington, I think, is doing so, and Arizona State, I I do not think they are um, really at all. I mean, they're just trending down in almost every way imaginable. And in an upcoming episode, I'll be doing the the breakdown there. But, you know, 2013-14 was the last time Arizona State was consistently good. They won uh, eight games in 2012 and then 10 in 2013 and 14, finished in the top 25 both years. That's what they're capable of being, but they're not close to that. And I don't think they will be this year either with, with Herm Edwards there. Uh, I think they'll be kind of around 500, but uh, like and subscribe and keep up with uh, the new episodes that, that I'm putting out here at this time of the year to uh, to figure out where exactly I think Arizona State will land uh, schedule-wise. But getting back to Washington... I I compare those two schools and say they're similar to make the point that whoever's at home, I I think wins this game and it's in Tempe. So I'll go with the Sun Devils. And I think Washington there uh, drops to two and four and they'll be on an L3, but then uh, they'll come in and and get Arizona at home, uh, a program that, again, has a lot of rebuilding to do. Won just one game in 2021. That, that, that's a game Washington will win at home. Um, they're a superior from a roster standpoint. Arizona is kind of trending up, still early. We'll see what they do on the field this year. I'll be breaking them down pretty soon as well here on the show uh, in the coming days for, for next week. But I don't think Arizona's at a place where they can go on the road and beat that many teams. I, I think that's a tough thing for them to do. But uh, Jaden Delora will have experience having won in uh, Husky Stadium in 2021, but he was with a much better team last season in Washington State. But the, it's it's not nothing that Arizona will have that. I don't think it'll be as easy as Husky fans would like, but I, I think Washington gets that done against the Wildcats. That, that's at least the way I see it right now. Like, you know, as the season goes on, if we're a month in, I might look at some of these predictions and say, yeah, no, I don't see it. They're not playing that good of football, or this guy's not working out, or that guy got injured, or something of the sort. So um, the stuff can change, but uh, right now, this is the way that uh, that I see it all playing out. Next week, at Cal, 
is another fascinating one. The last three matchups between Washington and Cal have been one-score games, and the two losses for the Huskies in the last three meetings have been by a total of three points. They lost by a point a couple years ago, and then they had that 12-10 barn burner that went till like three in the morning local time. I remember staying up to watch a, a little bit of that, but I couldn't. I was like, right, this is too much. I, I got to go to bed. Um, I'll be honest on this one. I have not been doing this extensively. In fact, I haven't even done it once with a single game prediction until now because I really just couldn't get a feel. I think because this game is being played in Berkeley rather than in front of uh, the Husky fans, I think this is a toss-up. So I flipped a coin. March Madness style. Just said, you know what? I really don't know. I could see it either way. I, I think both teams are defensively oriented, though Kalen DeBoer might be shifting that focus in Washington, but I don't know how quickly that'll be implemented and whether or not the defense will take a hit because you don't have Jimmy Lake there. And Washington's defense has been above average the last couple of years, but it's been the offense that hasn't been there. That sounds a lot like another school in the Pac-12 can't put my thought. Oh, wait. Yes, I can. It's Cal. I mean, they're very similar in that sense. But Washington might have a bit of an identity shift with their new coach. Um, but yeah, I, I really just could not at this point in time figure out which way I wanted to lean. I, I'm not high on either Cal or Washington this year. So I flipped a coin. Cal wins. Washington falls to three and five. I imagine some of you won't be happy with that, and that's okay. But I seriously thought about it, and I was looking for a reason to pick one team or the other. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to get from Washington at the quarterback position because if Penix is healthy by then, like that's an if. And is he able to produce uh, kind of the way he was able to at Indiana when he had Kalen DeBoer as offensive coordinator, but then Cal's got Jack Plummer, and he got benched at Purdue before coming to Cal. Doesn't exactly instill a lot of confidence. I don't think either of these Pac-12 North teams are, are going to be doing big things this year. Uh, I think both are going to be under 500. So Washington at 3-5, and five, I think, goes next week to Oregon State. They do have them at home, but I like the Beavs this year. I, I think Oregon State wins this game, and I, I think I'm going to be having them in the probably the 8-win category here in 2022. But I, I like more things, and I know more things about Oregon State's roster that right now I can say with confidence. I, I know what Chance Nolan is going to be, and I think with a good offensive mind like Jonathan Smith and the staff they have assembled there, he'll be able to take a step forward. I know they're going to be able to run the football, and if their defense can be just a little bit better than what it was under the previous defensive coordinator who had to go and did, and if Trent Bray can figure that out, the Beavers could be a team that nobody wants to play. And I think they're better than Washington this year. And I, I think they'll go into Seattle and get a win, which is not an easy thing to do. But I, I just think Washington is is a year or two away from being able to really, uh, you know, be competitive the way that, that Husky fans rightfully expect them to be able to. Because we've seen them win at a high level before. They're capable of it. You just have to have the right infrastructure in place, which can take time. Uh, next week for the Dogs, they go at Oregon. Um, Washington has won once at Austin Stadium in the last decade, overall in their last 10 trips there, they're 2-8. and eight. I do not see this as being a team that will be able to go in and pull an upset of the Ducks, who have been 
uh, I, I think I, I saw something the other day as I record this, not that it matters, but anyway, uh, that, that was going through the best Pac-12 schools at home over the last five years. Oregon's won something like 93% of their home games. Washington State was up there. Uh, it was somebody, I, I forget who else it was, but Oregon, Utah. Utah is the other team that's, that's really, really tough to beat at home. You, you have to have a lot of things going for you for me to get here and say that I'm going to make a prediction that you're going to beat Oregon or Utah on their home field. And I do not see this Washington team doing it. So I think they lose that game at three and seven and solidify a sub 500 uh, season here in 2022. They come back home the next week for what will be, I think, their last win of the year against Colorado. They'll improve to four and seven. Uh, I think the Buffs are not going to do it this year. I, I think that is a 1-11 team. I talked about that recently on the show. You can go back and listen or watch however you're consuming the show right now. And uh, I go through their schedule game by game. I just don't see any wins on their schedule. And I just don't feel good about anything that's happening with their program right now. I think they could really bottom out. And, you know, if they, if they do what I think they might, and that's go 1-11, Carl Durrell, he, he might have, uh, he might get 2023. Might, but... I don't know. Going one and eleven is never a never a big time reason to bring bring your bring your head coach back. But uh, I think Washington wins there. They go to four and seven, and then they close with Washington State. They're on the road. I'll take the Cougars here. Last five years in the Pac-12, like I was just saying, they've been a pretty good team at home up there in the Palouse. I think they'll be fighting for, based on how their schedule is going to break out, which I'll get to on uh, Monday's show. This is Friday's show. Uh, let me double check that this is Friday's show. Again, I'm recording this ahead of time. Yeah, so this is Friday's show. Monday will be Washington State going through their schedule. And I, I, I think that they'll be fighting for, uh, you know, bowl eligibility there or be kind of on the cusp of that. So I, I think you'll have a Washington State team that's more motivated going in. And you also can't forget when looking at this game, Washington State walked into Seattle at Husky Stadium and beat them 40 to 13 to finally break through and win the Apple Cup. But now they're going to be on their home field. That's more of an advantage. Their quarterback situation, which I thought was good last year with Jaden Delora, Pac-12 freshman of the year, could possibly be even better with Cam Ward. I, I think his floor is lower than Jaden Delora's because he hasn't played at the Power 5 level yet, but I think his ceiling might be a touch higher because he put up some crazy, crazy numbers at Incarnate Ward, which is an FCS school, but we've seen guys make that jump before. It's worked in the past for other schools, so I, I think Washington loses this game because Wazoo is a better team coming into this year, which is not something you say very often, but I don't know how you can look at it any other way. I've got them at 4-8 and eight for Washington, 2-6 and six in conference play, not competitive in the Pac-12 North. Um, I, I don't really see a major upset here that, that they could pull. Um, UCLA would probably be the most likely one because UCLA has not shown that they can win consistently just yet. I think they will, but they haven't proven it yet. So I, I think that's the most likely option if Washington were to have a big win that, you know, kind of plays spoiler for somebody else. But I think they go four and eight. I, I wouldn't be too surprised if they end up at five and seven or maybe even six and six if DeBoer and Penix really start to click the way they did when they were together in, in 2019. But six and six, I think, is the ceiling for, for this team with where they're at. Um, I, I, I'd pre I, I would expect them to be 
not below that that four win mark. I, I don't see three and nine just because of how the schedule is shaping up here. Um, I, I think they'll be between four and six wins. I'll go four and eight. But if they were to get to five and seven or six and six, I, I, I could see it. I think that would be really good. If you surpass last year's win total as a first year head coach, that's a great accomplishment. And I think Husky fans would feel good about that. Um, but but I will I will close with this. If my prediction here about Washington is correct, and in year one, Kalen DeBoer comes in and goes four and eight, I am not, repeat, I am not pushing the panic button on that hire. It takes time. Mike Leach in his first year at Washington State went three and nine. By his fourth or fifth year, they won 11 games, and Washington State hadn't done that in a long, long time. It can take time to turn it around. You have to be patient. Let recruits start to come in. DeBoer's off to a really good start in that sense, and mark it down right now. And if I, for some reason, forget and start sounding alarms on something, please, by all means, hold me accountable in that sense at the end of the year, but I, I don't think I will. Um, if Washington goes 4-8, and eight, I will not come on here and say, oh, is DeBoer on the hot seat? No. He is. He, he would not be. He should be given at least two, if not three years, to right the ship. That's typically what college football coaches need when they get to a program that has fallen down on tough times. And I think DeBoer is going to be given a legitimate opportunity to do that, and he definitely should. I appreciate everyone listening. Have a wonderful day, and I will see you next time.